new era in independent art celebration. Indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. That's 23 counts of indecent exposure, actually. Because this is episode number 23 of the show, Indecent Exposure, recorded and released on Friday, May 27th, 2016, here at the Greylock Glass. Thanks so much for tuning in and joining us. Holy smokes. Is it a show? Um, this is a show that's been in the making since... Ooh, probably February when I sort of digitally ran into Tori Hanna of the Whiskey Treaty Road Show. And we decided that we should definitely do an episode featuring those boys. And, and one thing led to another and kind of didn't. And some of my more grandiose plans, like actually doing some video coverage of them, uh, we'll have to wait until another time, another day. But the thing is, I didn't want to wait another day. I certainly didn't want to wait until summer was in full swing before having them on the show because, because, um, if you have not, um, been bitten by, by the Whiskey Treaty Road show yet, it's about time you had. And they, like so many of our, our honored guests, uh, they have, uh, said, hey, play some tunes. Uh, for us, and normally I do the interview um, before, you know, at least I start the interview. But they said, "Hey, you know, play three or four songs." So I said, "All right, uh, why don't we start off with a song?" And that way, as you're listening to them describe their thing, um, you will kind of get a sense of of who they are and what they're all about while they're playing. So let's start uh, with a song off of their new album. Uh, well, I guess it's their their sort of debut album. Uh, it's called "The Heart of the Run," and it's a live album. What kind of what kind of brass ones does it take to debut with a live album? You know, and I'm telling you, it's it's well it's well worth the listen. Let's start with Jimmy the Whiskey Boy uh, from the Whiskey Treaty Road Show here at the Greylock Glass. This song's about whiskey. Can you make some noise about whiskey? Make some noise. You're in the Berkshires. Had a shovel and a 
and a bottle white knuckle, yeah. Here's what she said. She said, Jimmy, you're my whiskey boy. You're my whiskey boy. In the ground, that's all she wrote Yeah, the kitchen's on fire, but mama's alright Daddy gonna sleep like a baby tonight A shovel in her hand, whiskey down her throat Papa's in the ground, that's all she wrote Yeah, the kitchen's on fire, but mama's alright Daddy gonna sleep like a baby tonight She said, your daddy don't tell to me That good old brown whiskey I obliged and took it down She said, your daddy don't Now, I could say that that is giving you a taste of the Whiskey Treaty Roadshow, and, and that would be true. That would be actually the most accurate thing I could I could say, because they aren't just one thing. They're many, many things, and uh, they'll talk about that. You'll hear it, and hopefully you'll go over to, to Mass Gathering tomorrow, the 28th, uh, and you'll hear even more of it. But let's get to that interview right now with Tori Hanna and Billy Keene. Hey, Tori and Billy, it is great having you here on Indecent Exposure at the Greylock Glass. How are you doing today? We're doing great, man. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, super excited to talk to you. Well, I'm super excited to have you here. I know that we've been kind of going back and forth for a, a couple of months uh, trying to get you on this show. And um, I think that the timing is is pretty good because you've got a great show coming up tomorrow um, here in the Berkshires. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But the first thing I want to do is I want to ask... Um, I want to ask about Whiskey Treaty Roadshow. I know you've gone into that in uh, some detail in other, you know, with other uh, publications. But why don't you just give us uh, the rundown of where that name comes from? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is Tori, uh, just so you know, a little reference point. Uh, the Whiskey Treaty Roadshow came out of a festival um, named the Whiskey Treaty Music Festival, uh, kind of hosted right here in Western Massachusetts in Greenfield. My wife had put it on and uh, just had discovered a bunch of uh, Western Mass-based singer-songwriters and musicians who 
we're singing tunes about whiskey, uh, of all things. Seems to be a pretty cool topic and relevant to the hills of Western Mass. Um, and treaty kind of representing just the coming together of, uh, of good spirits and good people, um, and friends. Um, so that's kind of how the name came, came to light. And, uh, after this festival was very successful, the front men of these various bands, uh, that I mentioned, myself, Billy Keane, the Misdemeanor Outlaws at the time, uh, Greg Smith and the Broken English, Dave Tanklevsky, decided to kind of take the show on the road. So road show was inserted and kind of, we've never turned, turned back. Sweet. Sweet. So right, now we've got Chris Miranda, the infamous, everybody's infamous. He's the infamous Chris Miranda on banjo. <laughs> he really, he brings a, Great vibe to the group, too. Well, I'll tell you, there is something about whiskey and the hill towns, especially of Western Mass, that just go together famously uh, when the weather turns cool, especially. Um, oh, yeah. So, and and I should point out that uh, you've got a great sponsor, um, which is, is Whiskey Center, too. Do you not? We do, yeah. Hudson Whiskey has been uh, really a great partner with a lot of these projects. You know, a lot of our performances uh they're they're more like opposed to where a typical band might go on tour we often will just kind of produce uh larger shows incorporate some you know videography make some movies out of it all that fun stuff and hudson's been a really great uh supporter of that and uh both you know as a sponsor obviously in those senses but also as a purveyor of seriously good whiskey. <laughs> well, so we appreciate both of those things. <laughs> when I when I finally do get to visit you uh, for a rehearsal session, maybe you'll you'll let me. I haven't tasted it yet, so I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to taste that uh, one of these days. That's a yeah. promise. No, there it's, it's right over. In, sure. It's right across the border and in, into in New York, right? Yeah, Tuttletown. So I don't know exactly. I, I couldn't I couldn't describe the map to you, but it's basically. It's it's like an hour from from here. Uh, I'm in Pittsfield currently. A uh, beautiful drive down there, by the way. I don't know if you've ever spent any time kind of in that neck of the woods. I have. Oh yeah. Well, then you then you know it's it's worth the trip for sure. Yeah, breathtaking in its beauty. Um, and we'll link to them. We'll link to to the the distillery as well. Um, awesome. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the rest of your band. Um, well, first, actually, let's talk about the two of you. Um, Tori, you've got um, you've got a kind of first billing here at the top of the page. Um, is that because of what did, did did you design the website or or, or what? No, I'm ki- I'm kidding. <laughs> Tell. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's actually there's there's no particular order to that. Um, this is actually a true true collaborative project, and uh, I think it's kind of what makes us so unique. Um, everybody is uh, is really their own songwriter and uh, and I guess frontman. Um, Lee has has led bands of different makeups and you know sizes um, really their whole careers, but we've come together under this umbrella of the Whiskey Treaty Road Show to um to share the stage so the that that particular order really doesn't mean much uh, you know i'll start out a uh, a show with one of my turns and then the next you know concert billy will start the show and we sort of just pass the mic around um it's kind of a it's an old school kind of um session americana type style or vibe um which it seems the audience really like uh enjoys because 
you have different singers singing about different things and leading the charge. So yeah, um, yeah. There's a song. Know, no, no order there. To listen to the to this album, um, the heart of the run. Um, it's yeah. got the feeling of a song circle almost. It, it really, it's a, it, it, I'll tell you what, it, it makes me want to go out in the backyard and dig the biggest fire pit and invite everyone I know and, and you guys. That's kind of how it feels. Um, well, then it's successful because that's the part of the idea that kind of grew, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that being able to celebrate music, each other's music, sure, but just music in general, the gathering that takes place, that's, that's what it's about. So, I guess uh I guess we hit that bar if that's what you're feeling. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it's it just it feels it feels accessible, you know? It feels real. Um and I should say uh Billy, let's let me ask about you. You've got uh um you've got some some experience with uh definitely with sort of old school folk, um American folk, and I guess you've got some connection with James Taylor, is that true? Uh, in a sense, yeah, James was a big supporter, uh, James and his wife, Kim, uh, when I first moved to the county, uh, which is, you know, it was an incredible way to kind of meet the Berkshires in a sense. Yes. Um, yeah. What's that? Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I would say I would agree. Uh, it sounds like a, it sounds like yeah. a great way. Um, yeah. where would you come from? I, well, I moved here from Louisiana. I grew up in Connecticut, uh, and then I moved to Louisiana from Seattle. It's been kind of a, you know, a winding trajectory. Um, I was, uh, I hadn't actually planned on staying here very long, to be honest. That, in fact, for the first few months that I lived in the Berkshires, I kept an apartment in Louisiana because I assumed that I'd be moving back. And, um, you know, I, the, the gravitational force that is the Berkshires totally sucked me in. And I am grateful for it. I feel blessed, in fact, that, I was able to uh, to drop that lease, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the um, that connection to sort of a a more rustic version of 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 American folk and you know, roots music mm-hmm. um, is something I want to get into. Um, when you listen sure. to when when people listen to uh, these tunes, there's something that is decidedly un. Not to say unproduced, but it's not the highly polished and produced sound um, that I, I'm personally kind of sick of when it comes to American modern folk. But um, you've got a real authenticity and a real, um, and a real heart that comes out of this music. That's very clear. What what's the driving force behind behind this uh, playing through this genre? Hmm. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, oftentimes. And not, not that I say this is incorrect, but oftentimes we'll, we kind of listen to music as we, I think we take in any art sometimes by defining it or characterizing it as something maybe that we're nostalgic of, right? So like you hear a piece of music and, and then we say, wow, that kind of sounds like something that came out of the sixties, or maybe that sounds like something that came out of the backwoods of Tennessee or something like that. And which is, you know, that alone is, is a wonderful way of exploring music. It's almost like the, what is it like the ethnological aspect maybe, or, you know, it's kind of a way of digging into where it comes from. But I think for myself anyway, and I think probably some of the fellows as well, we, we write from the heart. And if that surely your heart brings an influence throughout your entire life. And so if that influence happens to be old 
rustic folk music than it is, but the songs are still fresh and new. So I, it's interesting thinking about it from that sense and that standpoint. You know, folk music almost by definition needs to be contemporary. And whether or not it might sound like something, it might sound like the echo of a tune that you heard that came out of the 60s or something like this, in order for it to be true folk, I believe it needs to be contemporary and relevant, and, and the music as well. So things change and things evolve, and surely there's a genesis of that. But at the end of the day, when we're writing these tunes, we're not trying to create something that happened before. We're trying to celebrate something that's happening right now. Well, it's get that's that's an excellent explanation, and and I'm glad to I stand corrected. I I love to stand corrected because that means I'm learning something. Maybe, um, but uh, there's no doubt that there is a hunger for for that kind of authenticity. There's no doubt that there's a there's a market for that that kind of um, you know bare bones uh, storytelling in the music, um, as evidenced by things like Fresh Grass in North Adams. Mm. Um, what, if anything, are some of the factors that you think might uh, contribute to a, a sort of a pub, the public coming back around to this? Oh, interesting. You got one on that, Tori? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, we're positioned, interestingly, being in Western Massachusetts. Um, I think a lot of people don't know too much about this area, and I think the area um, and the geography, and we have really beautiful documentary that kind of helps you to visualize what we're trying to explain when we, when we talk about this type of this type of thing the area kind of brings about um uh, just a coming back to like the land and uh celebration kind of as billy had mentioned of of this culture and like what's what's happening right now in western massachusetts and, and lifestyles and livelihoods out here so I think that's I think that's a little bit a uh, little part of it. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Billy. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if we wanted to, you know, if the question is what is inspiring the population to try and hunger, I think was the word, or you know, for for this older, we say I say older again, but this music that almost has a relevancy uh, that maybe some others appear to not have. I I just think that's a social change. To be honest, I think it's something that's been happening in all aspects of life, whether that be political or how we define who we are as a country or or how we, you know, choose to represent ourselves by the music that we listen to or perform. I mean, I think it's all part of the same change that's taking place throughout the entire country, particularly maybe in the Berkshires. But, uh, you know, people want something that means something. You know, right. I think if we needed to break it down to the to the grassroots, you know, that's what it is. We're, we're trying to, I think, you know, I think in general, people are trying to see deeper than just that superficial nature of what, unfortunately, uh, things tend to become when you give them enough time. You know, we got to just crack the egg open again. Do you feel, into it. do you feel that when people start to lose, well, if not faith, but maybe their appetite for the, the disingenuous, you know, and, and the, mm. Uh, clearly cynical. Uh, you know, you've got the mainstream media, mainstream politics, mainstream food. Uh, there does seem, as you pointed out, there seems to have been a backlash that started at least a decade or more ago. Um, do you think that people are just generally returning to the things that they know they can trust? Well, that's well, that's a very interesting way of putting it. The things that they know that they can trust. I think as well. Sure, I could agree with that absolutely. They're returning to what they think they can trust, but also. 
I think they're realizing that certain things they thought they could trust, maybe they can't. You know, maybe that music right. that I was listening to that caught me because it was sonically perfect, according to how the producer wanted it to be, maybe I listened to it again or for the 10th time and I realized, you know what, this is not speaking to me in a way that is inspiring any progress or inspiring anything, maybe. Maybe it's just almost like soundscape at this point because it's been force-fed and filtered down and, you know, shaken through uh, the whole system and, and it's spat out this thing that I thought that I really loved and that spoke to me, but in fact didn't. So maybe it's, yeah, maybe people need something they can trust because the things that they thought they could previously have come up wanting. Of that whole damn town. The 
governor sat before me holding the hand of his pretty wife just up in a last evening gown. He said, son, you got any last words before we send you six feet down? And I said, all I got is my prayer. And a silence struck the crowd and it spread all around. As I pray, take me up to heaven. Because I know not what I've done It's the end of the road I can feel it though I've just begun Yeah, well, I pray you take me up to heaven Cause I know not what I've done It's the end of the road I can feel it though I've just begun One more time, fellas, come on well, I pray you take me Now my time, to now my time, to now my time, oh, it's come on. Somehow that seemed like a perfectly legitimate time to break into the conversation and spin a tune about more than a tune, a ballad, a ballad in the tradition of the old roots ballads, um, about passion, about corruption, about all the stuff that makes up a good story. That was Governor's Wife, off the new release, The Heart of the Run, by the Whiskey Treaty Roadshow. Let's get back to that interview now, with Tori Hanna and Billy Keene, here on Indecent Exposure. You, I want to. I want to talk about ge- geography here. You, you came together from a lot of places, um, you know, and, and I get that. I was born in Connecticut. I've lived down south in Tennessee. Uh, picked up uh, my my lovely wife there. I like to say that I'm on the uh, Southern Bell Reclamation League. You know, Northern <laughs> Yankee Tennessee Bell man. Yeah, They're Yankee off. men go down south and, and hijack, uh, kidnap uh, Southern Bells and bring them back up here. Um, <laughs> but I've lived on the West Coast in Seattle and California. I've lived in uh, briefly in the, the desert, uh, New Mexico and Phoenix, uh, or outside Tucson rather, um, and. I feel like there's a um, there's a geographical um, irrelevance to to your music. It doesn't really seem to matter where you're from, because there's an element that sounds kind of southern sometimes, and then there's an element that sounds like real uh, New England, you know, northeastern folk, and then there's a little bit of southwestern that I just I catch in there. Um, what uh, how do you? How does that happen? Do you think? What, what What's the synthesis uh, that goes into making of a song? Well, listen, man. I mean, you get you get five, you know, individuals, um, people with stories and, and lives at whatever whatever age we're at now. Coming together on one stage. I mean, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of backstory there. So um, we've you know between us, we've traveled just hundreds of thousands of miles probably and, and um, had had different lives and different love affairs and different experiences that are kind of we're drawing upon um, Billy's 
lived in Louisiana, you know, I've, I've been as far as Japan and South Africa and, and, you know, everybody, every is uh, a unique drawing point where they're, where they're kind of speaking their music. So you get all that up on one stage and it's just, it's a very diverse recipe for, for different sounds. See a lot of strings for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's very guitar driven. Um, but I think and rhythmically and sensitivity wise, there, there's a ton of influences. So that's kind of real. Mm. Now you don't take yourselves too seriously. I notice. Definitely not. <laughs> what, uh, I mean, I've, you know, when I was uh, quite a bit younger, I, I was in a couple of bands, um, and I noticed that the the ones that were the most successful, awesome. yeah. I, I, well, I'm a singer. They never let me touch the equipment. I noticed that they never let the singers touch the equipment. Um, well, you got the better end of that deal then, because carrying that equipment can suck, man. Oh no, you can <laughs> carry it. They just don't let you play with the dials. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I finally ended up buying my own PA system so that I could say, no, no, I get to touch the, the you know, and and I when I say I'm not loud enough, what I mean is I'm not loud enough. Um, but uh, but that's kind of you know a personal grudge thing. Um, but no, nothing to do, nothing to do with this conversation. But um, tell me, this uh, this came together. It sounds pretty organically, and the way you sound together, it sounds like it could last forever. And I don't want to, you know, put any pressure on you here. But um, what is it about your you personally? You know, the dynamics of you personally that makes this work. Hmm. I think it's a mutual respect for everybody's ability uh, and perspective on songwriting. If I had to name one thing in particular, you know, if you want to experience some drama, you know, go form a band because it's a lot of emotions kind of like running high. You know, everybody's, everybody's very kind of sensitive to what they're doing. And, and if you don't have a mutual sensitivity for everybody's, creation uh then it, it you just don't work you know so i think you know we've all if you tallied up the amount of shows we've all played individually before we formed this band i mean you'd, you'd have a lot of numbers on the page you know what i mean so we've, we've kind of all been there and done that so to speak and have had experiences both positive but also you know negative and i think we're <laughs> i think as a group we try and make sure that our actions and and our interactions are, uh, you know, based upon the fact that we all have our individual uh, kind of careers and we're allowing each other to kind of join together and do it. So when you when you kind of respect each other in that sense, I think things tend to go a lot smoother. And I, I just want to add to that, I mean, like the, the individualness of, of this collaboration really is inspiring for me. And I think that is what helps to make it work for me personally is um, I, I feel like I have a sense of like the, the songs or, or types of songs Billy writes or the type of songs that Greg writes. Mm-hmm. And then they bring a new tune to the table. Um, and like, I've been working on this. Let's play it. And I'm like, my, my mind is blown. It's like, you know, <laughs> that this person is, is, is an individual and they're much deeper than I would have ever, ever done. So I think the personalities work we continue to kind of open each other's eyes to how deep an individual can be, you know, and how, how that, that each of us runs. Very cool. Sure. Very cool. How have, how has the audience response, um, 
kind of fueled you or or altered the way that you're you're kind of presenting this we we haven't we haven't altered much about how it's been going because people seem to really enjoy uh you know the whole process of going from singer to singer throughout the performance but i'd say that we sh- we certainly you know the audience has selected some of their favorite tunes you know and luckily it's diversely spread across each one of us you know in a sense so we kind of know what people are expecting and and we also know what people are going to want to uh kind of jam to and so we've uh, we've kind of arranged our set in a way according to that but at the end of the day i mean we, it was so warmly embraced this whole concept of of the collaborative you know the collaborative uh show in a sense um it's so warmly embraced from the beginning that we haven't we've been blessed to not have to do a whole lot of rearranging if that makes sense makes perfect sense makes perfect sense um well let's uh let's talk a little bit about your actually no before we go to your next show i do want to say too that your audience can get in touch with you guys um through the web uh, at the whiskey sure can the, yeah. it's uh the whiskey treaty.com it's all one word the whiskey treaty.com and i will link to that in the show notes and i will also link to i guess you all each have your individual uh facebook pages so we do i we will do. link to those two and the dv the cd is available is it through your website directly yeah, you can yeah. Make, uh, through merchandise, uh, and you'll you'll you can buy shirts on there and some shot glasses. You we like shirts. We like shirts. We like shot glasses. <laughs> we like music. So I would say uh, I would say everybody should just uh, go there. Uh, you know, finish listening to this podcast, people. Obviously, but then hit the show notes, click around, read some articles because, uh, as I've said, you've got some great press uh, elsewhere. You know, the Berkshire Eagle, the Berkshire Edge, Berkshire Magazine. Um, I'm sure I'm missing some, but uh, but I will link to it all because uh, that's the power of podcasting. We can we can link to that stuff. So now link it up. let's go to uh, let's go to um, let's go to this weekend. What you got cooking up? Oh, boy. Mass gathering this weekend. <laughs> uh, that's the what is the 28th. Is that what tomorrow is? Yeah. I think that's uh, right. All right, I, I got one. All right, well, we, uh, we're we going to be performing as the house band for the Mass Gathering Festival. And, you know, it's funny, uh, the, the producer there, his name's Matt, he, uh, he asked us about a year ago, he said, you guys want to slot on the main stage? And we, uh, we actually, we talked him into letting us be the house band. So instead of having to do one slot, we get to play, I think it turns out to be four or five shows between the other acts. So there, there's never a time when the music stops. We just kind of take it up where they leave off and get a lot of face time, get to meet a lot of people that way. That's excellent. That's excellent. So this, uh, what are the hours in, uh, this is down at Butternut, Ski Butternut? That's right. Uh, ski Resort, uh, it kicks off at noon, and it's going to go pretty much until 10 p.m., uh, and you'll be, like Billy said, you'll be hearing us the whole time. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of nice because it gives you a lot of exposure, tons of exposure. All right. Are you going to have T-shirts and shot glasses and things there as well? We sure will. We'll be stocked up. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, I can tell you that one of the things that um, that I really admire is that despite how you've got this sort of uh, um, rustic sensibility, um, your marketing and your communications efforts are 
solidly 21st century. Um, you've got a really, you've got a great communications machine. Who who runs your communications? This uh, this is a guy who we just pretty much adore. Uh, his name is Tim Bradley. Um, I actually grew up with him out here in Western Mass. He's from a town of 300 people, Rowe, Massachusetts. He now lives out by Boston uh, with his beautiful new baby that was just born. But uh, Tim runs everything um, in terms of the social media platform. He's also the director and and documentarist behind the Whiskey Treaty Roadshow, which uh, is a nationally kind of acclaimed film, uh, just talking about highlighting Western Massachusetts beauty and, and our musical collaborations. I think we won f- five or six um, best short music documentary awards. Yeah, I would say that uh, if I need uh, services like that, Tim Bradley is who I'm going to. So shout out to Tim. Um, awesome. Great yeah. shout out to Tim. Awesome. He's incredible. Words. So tomorrow... Ski butternut, um, starting at noon. I'm guessing that you got to get there a little early because uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crowded as anything, right? Oh yeah, I get there early. I yeah. would get there uh, early. I get there early, and you're gonna want to, uh, you know, you're gonna want to get as close to the to the stage as possible, you know, to, to just sort of seep soak in the aura that is whiskey treaty. Um, oh man, and and definitely bring a spray bottle and some water. I think it's going to be like ninety five degrees that, out. That's, so that's what that's they're saying. Perfect conditions for us to just rock out. Okay, but it's also perfect condition for people to have heat stroke. So yeah, bring <laughs> bring water, bring spray bottles, um, and wait until it cools off a little bit before you start hitting the whiskey, uh, because uh, whiskey and temperatures above ninety degrees. Take it from me, they don't go together. Um, at least not if you're standing out in the sun anyway. All right. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to link to all kinds of stuff and I'm going to put this show. I'm going to see if I can't set a record in, um, in producing and putting this, this show up. I want to play a couple of tunes. Um, and I'll probably play at least, you know, one at the end and maybe one in the middle or maybe two in the middle. Um, why don't you pick them out for me? Which, uh, which tunes I've got, I've got the whole album here. Uh, which two or three should I focus on here? Let's do, let's do this. I'll pick some of Billy's tunes and he can pick some of mine. All right. There you go. <laughs> He's got a tune on there called the governor's wife that, uh, it's just incredibly raucous and just super fun. I would, I'd, I'd pick that one. Um, and if you if you can an anthemic sort of end end tune that we we love to play by Billy Keen is uh, leave your light on so digest those two. Well, and I don't even have to think about it. Jimmy the Whiskey Boy and sing to me to a to a Tory's uh, uh, creations. Man, we've had some serious reception on those tunes. People are people are going nuts for them. So yeah, feel free. Yeah. Well, I just I just looped your album all morning because I had some freelance work to get through, and I wasn't looking forward to getting through any of this freelance work. And I thought I know what I can do, I can just hit you know repeat. And so I listened to your album probably four times before uh, before I finished that project. Uh, all right. So it's it's all right. It's really motivating. It's really motivating. Uh, so Jimmy the Whiskey Boy and Leave Your Light On, and we will leave your light on. Our light on for the Whiskey Treaty Road Show. Billy Keen, Tori Hanna, thank you so much for coming mm-hmm. on Indecent Exposure, and we will see you in person one of these days soon. All right, and thank you so much. All right, have a good Thanks show. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Take you care. i play one more right. tune for you. All right.
Well, I admit that I've had a drink or two If you'll admit there ain't no one Could ever mean what I mean for you And I'll admit that it's quite the same for me If you'll admit the best things in life Never come easily So leave your light on Baby, leave your light on share the blues I admit that I smoke too much and I drink too much and I hide too much of my feelings and too much booze if you'll admit I try and damn look how much I've done and my love for you is strong look at the lengths to which I've gone so leave your light on baby leave your light on well leave your light on Oh, I need my light on you Well, leave your light on Baby, leave your light on Oh, leave your light on But you know I need my light on Well, I admit sometimes I'd spend all day in bed If it weren't for your sweet voice To get me out instead if you'll admit you'd stay in every single night of the year If it weren't for me to bring you out And sit at the bar and bend your ear So leave your light on, baby, leave your light on Well, leave your light on, you know I'll leave my light on never loved anybody so much I never heard such sweet music as your voice or felt so soft as your touch if you'll admit that I'm not so bad of a man in fact you love me too despite all my shortcomings I always do the best I can so leave your light on baby leave your light Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Shire City. Thank you guys. Hudson Whiskey.
Everybody who made this happen. Cheers. Thank you. As you probably guessed, that was Leave Your Light On. And as Tori and Billy tell us, the Whiskey Treaty Road Show tends to like to close out their shows with that tune. You can see why. It's a it's a rockin' tune that sort of leaves you wanting to to, to return again one day. Um, that album, as I said, it's a live album, and I believe the entire thing was recorded as the last uh, in the series of the Shire City Sessions um, in 2015. So it was a live show in Pittsfield uh, in the uh, the open space next to the Shire City Sanctuary, which itself is a great place to check out. So I will also, in addition to providing links to Whiskey Treaty Roadshow's page, uh, the band members' individual Facebook pages, articles about the Whiskey Treaty Roadshow. I will also link to Shire City Sessions page and Facebook page because I'm sure they've got stuff coming up this year that you're going to want to know about. Um, that's it. That's our show for the for the week. And we hope to hear from you. Remember that you can shoot us an email a couple of ways. It can be indecent at greylockglass.com, editor at greylockglass.com. You can leave us a voice message. That's right. Just from your very own computer, you just look for the link in the right-hand sidebar that says, leave us a voice message. And uh, click that, follow the instructions. It's as easy as pie. So you can leave us a voice message, and um, we may play it on the air if uh, if it's particularly fascinating. Um, so that's about that. So thanks for tuning in to Indecent Exposure and go out there and uh, and dig some live music. Take care. Now you can subscribe to this show through iTunes. Just click the button in the right-hand sidebar and never miss an episode again. <laughs> <laughs>